Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined by my co-host, Steven Russo. Finally, a Jets win. It's only took, you know, five weeks to get there. But Russo, how are you feeling? You did a great job on the first and manageable forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, feeling good, man. It's good to get back in the W column. Obviously, it gives us Jets fans the hope that maybe something could turn out of the season. Maybe they can make a little noise and uh, and do a little something down the stretch. So we'll see. I feel like we all feel like we're kind of uh, picking Miami at the right time here, like getting them at, at just the right time. Injuries could be piling up for him. Tua looks beatable. That offense, you know, without Tyreek looks different. So we'll, we'll see. But I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? You uh, were just filling me in on, on what happened and how you watched the game last Sunday. And we may have to ask <laughs> you to duplicate it because uh, they look pretty good winning 30 to 6. Yeah, I, I know I made a joke about this on Twitter after I had caught up with the game. But basically, I was meeting um, a friend's baby, and I knew I couldn't really watch the game. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I'm not going to know anything that happens. I'll watch it when I get home. Ended up getting home like close to four, so I had no idea. Like All my text messages, I didn't read them. I didn't see anything. And I'm in a bunch of chats like between family and friends and whatever. And <laughs> I'm like wow, like the offense is not like terrible and everything like Stroud looked awful. And it was just, it was, it was fun. Like, I feel like I haven't enjoyed watching a Jets game like that it, since I guess the Eagle game. Cause honestly, even though they won the Giants game, that was not an enjoyable game to watch. Like at least this game, like, you know, there was offense, there was touchdowns. It was like everything that we were hoping for with Aaron just coming <laughs> to the season, but it was Zach Wilson. So it was weird, but listen, it's it's always good to see your team win. It mm-hmm. always feels nice to, you know, not, you know, just get depressed and down about the state of the team in the future and worrying about what's going to happen. And I know plenty of people rooting for the tank. I kind of was, you know, indifferent at that point because I'm like, I don't think they're actually going to lose out, even though when they were going through that five-game losing streak, I always felt like they would. Just I'm just like, was, how are they going to win? Because they can't score to, It was hard to predict them to do anything but score single digits and lose. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um but anyway, it's just it, – it really feels good to see your team win. And I know plenty of Jeff fans are like, you know, it doesn't matter. But, like, it does matter. And I'll say the reason it matters is because there's a lot of young players on this team who, you know, should be here next year. But there'll be some that won't or down the road won't. And it's nice to see them enjoy a win. Like, a guy like Garrett Wilson, like, I'm so happy for him. He has dealt with such shit in terms of quarterback play since he's gotten to this team. and All he does is just week after week, just be a professional, do as best as he can. And it was just awesome to see him get like, what, nine catches for like 106 yards or whatever it was. I'm just happy for a guy like that. He works his ass off and he finally got to smile and not just be like, I don't know what to tell you anymore about why our offense is so bad. So yeah, there's that. There's the defense finally, you know, not having to carry the load completely. Like they actually can relax a little bit. And, you know, those corners, man, they're, they're all world. And it's just, it was gr- great to see. And, like, I know that, you know, those receivers were not the typical receivers for the Texans because Nico Collins went down in the first quarter and Tank Dell's out for the year. But there's still a lot of receivers, and they did everything they were supposed to and more. So 
I'm feeling good. I mean, look, look, I'm not thinking they're going to run the table. I need to see it again. But mm-hmm. well, I want to hear your quick thoughts. And then we'll talk about Zach Wilson because, you know, <laughs> he was impressive. I, he I was. can't really deny it. It was uh, so my my I'll, I'll touch on my game viewing experience uh, a little bit here because it was actually it was pretty funny. So I was watching the game. Uh, obviously at home and uh my son had his two bills fan buddy buddies over and they were they were kind of watching the game as they're playing down here in the basement as i as i watch and as the jets scored the first touchdown to uh to randall cobb you know i'm cheering and and i go over and i give jack a high five and his buddies actually i got to give him credit for nine-year-old kids they start singing for the first time in forever from frozen because the Jets scored, and I was like, you know what, guys, like that's pretty funny. I got, I got to. <laughs> um, like but no, it was, uh, it was good. It was good to see the Jets' offense finally get going. And I think, you know, Will Parkinson, I think made the, he, he kind of made the comment, you know, it was a, <laughs> a while back, but he kind of alluded to, you know, like um, a hitter that's in a slump or a shooter that's just not, that's not hitting threes. Like you just kind of got to see that one go in. You got to see that ceiling eye single get through the infield, like, and kind of that just sparks it. And I felt like that was a little bit of what the jets needed here. It was like, they finally got that first one off, off of their back. And then it just started getting easier. Um, I will say the, probably the most impressive thing that the offense did really was after the Zach Wilson fumble and the Texans come down and they score in like four plays and we're all kind of thinking like, oh, geez, here it goes. Like we've seen this movie <laughs> before, but the offense answered immediately. And Zach comes back and he converts a couple of third downs. And next thing you know, they're hitting Brees Hall in the in the front left corner. And, and he's going in on a screen pass and it's 21-6 and they never look back. So yep. it was it was really good to see the offense finally click and move the ball. And even in the first half, although they didn't score points, you could kind of just tell that at least they were moving it and Hackett was calling a better game. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was really cool to see, and you mentioned it, was watching this defense play with a lead was awesome. Watching the D-line be able to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback, watching the corners defend and be able to be more aggressive instead of having to shoulder all the burden was really awesome. And I guess it's 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 incredible to see, and it, it's kind of painful at the same time because you realize, you know, what this really could have been if Aaron Rodgers had been healthy all year. There would have been more than a few of these games, I think, especially considering the way the defense has played and kept us in games that we probably shouldn't have even been in. For sure. So it was awesome. And uh, listen, I, I'm not, you know, I, I can't root for the tank. I'm rooting for wins. We've watched this team lose for 13 years. Um, they'll have to find, you know, good draft picks no matter where they pick. And I just want to see wins. And I, I know people have compared it to, you know, maybe they can be the uh, the 22 Lions, which, you know, you, you you get hot down the stretch. You maybe don't make the playoffs, but you make some noise and you kind of build momentum into uh, into 2024. And I think that's what we can hope for. I know, listen, there's different viewpoints on whether or not you can carry that momentum over an offseason. But I think, like like you said, for a young team, um, just to see the ball go in the net, like that's that's kind of what they need. And I think for guys like Brees and for guys like Garrett, you kind of just need that and need that momentum going into next season. So maybe maybe they could do something and make some noise down the stretch. But it starts here with Miami. Yeah, uh, listen. And if there were ever a time to play Miami, you got to have a good time because you know they're coming off a horrific loss, one of the worst losses of the season. Like I was, I, I went to sleep. I just like didn't really care mm-hmm. to watch the end of that game. And then I woke up and I'm like. How'd they lose that game? Yeah. Um, they're banged up. And, you know, it's a lot of key pieces, offensive linemen, you know, corners, even Tyreek Hill is banged up. And, you know, the Jets have a different quarterback. And we're, we're going to transition into to Zach Wilson because 
you know, I've been overly critical of him. I, I think you and I gave him a lot of leash up until, you know, he got benched the first time last year. And that was really where you and I were like, I don't know anymore about this. And we were done with him. But, you know, I will say, you know, he was pretty horrible for most of the season. I know he showed flashes in the Kansas City game, but he was outstanding. Like best start he's ever had since he's been a Jet. It's like not even close. It's not even just about the fact he threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. It's just he was operating and like looking confident and making the right reads. And he just didn't look like he, he was just confused and lost out there. I also want to sit. I also want to give a lot of credit to Nate Hackett because he called a great game. Like I know solid made a comment like a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was leading into this game of the week before about Hackett. Like why is there's no, they're not going to make a change at play caller. He's like watched all 22. And I know a lot of people on the beat were saying when they look at it and even people, you know, within the, you know, Badlands, TOJ life, uh, life community, they were saying the same thing. Like there's guys open and the plays are being designed. Well, it's just, they're not being executed because the quarterback won't, you know, hit the targets. Mm-hmm. Um, he called a great game. I thought there was actually a little creativity. I, I mean, the Randall Cobb play was a nice play. I forgot he was even like alive because we were so accustomed to him, accustomed to him not playing because we were all just like, this guy's terrible. So it's, it, it's great to see from Zach. I don't think he's going to be on the team next year. And I don't think that they should bring him back. And I'll say, I'll stand on this hill you know, for the rest of the season, like he basically would need to be perfect. Like, you know, 300 yards, multiple touchdowns for the next four games. And then I'll be like, okay, you can come back, but it's one start. Let's not like get over our skis here. Like there's 31 other starts that we saw that were pretty bad. I mean, there's a couple good ones, the Titans game in 2021, the Buccaneers game in 2021, um, really, he didn't have any good starts last year. Like, I know we talk about the Pittsburgh second half, but he was terrible in a lot of that game. Like, he like completed like forty eight percent of his passes. But he deserves credit. He deserves a chance to finish the starter as the starter the rest of the season. And I don't want to go down that you know um, what's it called? I can't even think of what it is. But the theory. Not the rabbit hole, um, revisionist history gotcha. of, oh, if he started the Falcons game or started the Dolphins game, he was awful. He needed to get benched. It doesn't matter that Boyle is obviously worse than him. It's just something had to happen. And I don't think if he got if he didn't get benched, I don't think he would have played the way he did against Texas. I think it actually helped him, even though you're probably like, well, he wasn't doing anything. I'm like, but mentally it helped him just see what he wasn't seeing on the field. He got to take a step back and it worked. So good for Zach. Let's hope it happens again. But I don't know. Let's see. I agree. And it's um, he's obviously had a little bit of an effort mentality, which I think he needed. And yeah. he needed that time to be benched to get that mentality. Now, I think he's not absolved of all blame for the first no. however many games he started. But I think what you kind of saw was that this offensive coaching staff maybe neutered him a little bit. They took away some of the things that made Zach Zach. And they made him gun shy. Now, again, and I said it on the pot earlier this week, though, too, like you can't completely just let him go out and just be Zach and have this carefree mentality because we've also seen the negative effects of that. We've seen multiple New England games where he's throwing the ball back across his body in the triple coverage <laughs> and getting picked three or four times, you know? So, but again, like I think they went so, you know, when you let Zach be Zach, he was so far to the one side. And you can't fully let him go so far to the other side where you just Mm -hmm. completely strip him of that ability and freedom to go out and make a play because the off-schedule plays, the off-platform throws, those are where he succeeds. And I think 
whatever happened, whether it was the benching, whether it was him changing his mentality, whether it was a combination of all of those things, it clearly needed to happen because him having this reset obviously allowed him to have this game. Now, to your point, to everyone's point, I think we all know this is one game. There's Mm -hmm. 31 other starts that we have to look at. So this one game doesn't erase all that. Now, if he goes out and has a, let's say, Sam Darnold-like finish, right? Uh, (laughs) Sam Darnold's rookie year. I mean, those last three out of those last four games, uh, he looked incredible, right? And we all were very excited about what was going to happen in the future. If he has a finish like that, I still don't know if it changes my mind because, again, you're still looking at a very, very small sample size, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the game. So I think for everyone involved, they need a fresh, uh, you know, uh, just a a clean break. Um, I think that's ultimately the road we're probably going down. You know, you can't really belittle the relationship that he and Rodgers have. But I also think that, you know, as a football organization, like you can't make a decision based on that. So it's going to be a clean break. Some of the comments like, uh, you know, Zach saying, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm doing it for the teammates here. Like those are just things that signal kind of, you know, this is a a guy that sees the end of the road and and maybe just a, you know, a fresh, uh, clean break will be what both parties need. And, and honestly, I think, you know, it's probably better for both. I I think that's, that's ultimately where we probably should go. Yeah. I think it'd be a short-sighted move to just be like, Oh, he had a good last month of the season. Let's just run it back with him as the backup. No, you can't do that. Like, the only scenario would be to make him the third string quarterback, which he's not going to want to do if he plays well down the stretch. And I wouldn't blame him, honestly, because he probably can get a backup job elsewhere. So mm-hmm. I just think unless he like is just out of control, good, you know, leads him to the playoffs, which listen, I don't think it's going to happen, but hey. it, it just, listen, they're not, they're not eliminated, but a lot has to go. They a have lot. to win out and they crazier need help. Thing, crazier things have happened. Yeah. Of course, but um, listen. I will also say too, like, what you know, Hackett and watching the All Twenty Two and stuff like that. Like, you definitely, even from Zach, you saw a hesitancy to pull the trigger for the games leading up to his benching. That was even more magnified by Boyle in that Falcons game. Like he had got, I mean, he had Garrett Wilson wide open, and Boyle yeah. just refused to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's one of those things that had to happen it's like they had to hit rock bottom for this to for this game to happen to maybe give us some sense of hope yeah. now listen they could zach could go back out and be the same guy we saw in the first you know 10 11 weeks of the season and you know lose they may lose the dolphins 31 to 7 like who knows but at least for one more week we get the hope we get the dream we get to think of the the what ifs and, and talk ourselves into a win on sunday yeah, I mean, I'm not there yet, but we'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, I do want to beg the question: in the event that they do win, would you bring Rodgers back? Yes, you would. Okay. Yes, and that's oh. like, I mean, you have a shot. There's this question is twofold. The Jets obviously have to be in the hunt, right? He has said that unequivocally, like that is without a doubt a, a certainty. So, yeah, for him. They, they have to obviously be in it. And I think if they win this week, they will be. And, and two more games and you're nine and eight and finishing the season on a positive note with a chance to playoffs. The other part of this, and I think it's almost the bigger part, is I think Aaron just has this serious desire to prove that he can do it. 
And that's like, I, I, I just scary, have to, but exciting. <laughs> it's yeah. And I think that he just wants to be that guy and everything is kind of just lining up that way to where, listen, he goes down four snaps in that is like the earliest possible time. I mean, unless that happened in training camp, right. But from a regular season and he gets the speed bridge and he's doing this intense, um, you know, recovery and therapy and he's pushing it to his limits. Did you see yeah. him throwing today? Hopefully I mean, he looks like he's ready to take snaps. Like he's yeah. He looks, so doesn't look like I, for for my own personal gain and want, I want to see him. I just want to see him play. We were robbed of that. We were robbed of it, Zance. Robbed, and I just want to see it. I want to see it. I know. I know. You didn't. You didn't go through your surgery waking up hoping <laughs> that he was a jet for for four plays of that man. <laughs> no, I know it. That's this is what I wanted. This is you know I've been through hell. And so have the Jets, and so have all of us, and we just want to see him play. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, it would be really exciting, and the the only thing that would scare me what it would be is that uh, I'm going to California for for Christmas, and I will be there for that game. And I like the knowing like if he comes back, that was when the last time I was in California watching a Jets game is when the Jacksonville game, and I'm like, that was horrible. I don't want that again. Um, <laughs> But listen, it would be so awesome. It'd be like literally like a dream if that happened. Like if he played and he played well, like oh yeah, it it would just be oh my god, we'd be euphoric. It would be the greatest Christmas gift ever if they could. He comes back and they looks great and they win and they just destroy Washington. But anyway, I I'm not gonna like go crazy about it just yet. But listen, they got to win first. If they lose, I think it's a it's a moot point. I don't think he should be playing because then I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming if they lose, they're mathematically out, right? They have to be. I would assume, but I don't even know that for a fact. But I think they'd have to be. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, just nine nine losses isn't gonna do it. You're not yeah. gonna get in with a losing record. That I mean, the AFC is is weird um, this year, and a lot of teams in the last four weeks play each other, so a lot can happen. But yeah. I still there's there's just too many other things. There's too many other teams ahead of them. Too many other things that have to happen. Where I, I just don't think nine losses will get you in. If you were in the if you were in the NFC, it would because I think you could win the division going eight yeah. nine in NFC South. But I know, that's, unfortunately for us, we're in the AFC East. Yeah. Um, I know this is an interesting question that you had brought up before the show, but do you think? is there anything that can change your mind about what they should do for next year over these next four weeks? And it could be both positively or negatively. Like is what, what could change your mind? Cause I I'm pretty set. I mean, I kind of accept what they are, but what, what could change your mind about? What I guess that. Yeah. I don't think anything will change. I really, I still don't think anything should either. I mean, even outside of the win last week, and I, I really didn't see them winning another game the way that they were playing. So I was yeah. kind of figuring they would, you know, they would fall to four and 13, but I figured that everyone would get a pass on this year. And, and honestly, rightfully so. I, I still believe in Robert Sala and I do have belief in Joe Douglas. I think they need to be graded objectively though. Like we have to see them for what they are. And right now they're both a subpar head coach and subpar GM. However, I do think that Aaron Rodgers going down was the biggest monkey wrench that anyone could throw, you know, into their plans and not, they don't deserve a pass, but they deserve another shot with a healthy Aaron Rodgers and to go out and, and see what they can actually accomplish. I don't think that the other part of this question is, and I want to pose it back to you. Like if I were Woody Johnson, I don't know if I would do anything differently either. Like, I I don't think even if I were the one that were making the, the calls, I still think I would run it back. The other part of this that I really want to like touch on before I pass it back to you is like, there's a lot of talk about 
I guess like Salah coaches the players. JD picks the players that that Salah ultimately coaches. Mm-hmm. It's this isn't this wasn't like a solely Joe Douglas decision to have Zach Wilson be the backup. I I, I just can't. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's no way that Robert Sala and him aren't collaborating, aren't sharing thoughts and ideas on this roster. There's like Robert Sala would have had to have been at least somewhat comfortable going into the season with Zach Wilson as the backup. So I just don't think it's one person's fault or another. I think it's both of their faults. However, I do think both of them deserve another chance. I just don't think that you, you have that relationship separate of those things. I just don't think you can, I think, and everything that kind of has happened points to them having a good relationship. Sala jumping in the Douglas's arms after beating the Eagles. Sala saying that Joe Douglas is awesome after, after drafts. I just think there's more of a collaborative effort there than I think a lot of people want to see. And this wasn't just, it's not just a coaching thing. It's not just a, a, a JD picking and, and choosing players thing. This is a collaborative effort if they win, and it's a collaborative effort that they're losing. Um, so I just wanted to make sure I brought that point up. But uh, to answer my own question, I guess, if I were Woody, I'd still run it back with, with both of them. I think you have to and see what you have with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. I'd pose that question to you. If you were the owner of the New York Jets, and they let's say they lose out after this. Let's say they finish the season 5-12. Five and, five and 12. How does that – does that change your mind on anything? Are you changing anything? So if they lost out like the last 10 games, I would have been like, everyone should go. And and if Aaron was on board with that, cool. If he wasn't, he could go too. That was kind of my thought process. Um, if they lose out now, it's it's a little bit different because they did, you know, get off the schneid and they did beat a pretty, you know, you know, comp, um, competent opponent, you know, the team that's fighting for a playoff spot. Um I think it would it it's not so new it's more nuanced than that. Like I think it would be like, how did they lose? Did they just get embarrassed, like losing like 30 to 10 every single game, or were they close losses? It just it really depends. It also like how does Zach look? You know, how injured are they? Like, do they lose more players? Um probably not because they were able to at least stop the bleeding. But I'm kind of like not out on both of them. I'm more out on Douglas and Salah. I've been pretty vocal about that for a while. Um, but I'm also losing a lot of patience with him too, but just because like, <laughs> how could you like just allow the offense to be so bad week after week? Like I, I don't feel like he has enough involvement with it. And he just looked like he, he was just didn't even care. He was so deflated and that was frustrating. And the penalties are a problem. There's mm-hmm. they've been a problem all year, and that's something he can control. I don't care what side of the ball that your focus is, or if you're a CEO, head coach, whatever it may be. Um, again, going back to your point about it being collaborative effort between um, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala for Zach being the backup. I mean, he's a then Sala's an idiot if he was okay with it because. <laughs> You know what? Like you benched him for Strebler. Strebler's never going to play in the NFL again. You benched him for Strebler. You clearly had no belief in the guy. You should be like, "Hey, listen, I know you. I know we picked this guy. I know that it obviously matters for your your resume, Joe. But he's a third string quarterback, or he's not here, or or, or I'm not playing him. Like I would have held my ground. Like there was nothing that was like warranting it, and it sucks. But like. It's the reality of, of what Zach Wilson is. And I just don't think that it was a serious move to make him the backup quarterback with a 39 turning four-year-old quarterback 
I know he, he doesn't have like a huge injury history, but he has gotten banged up in his career. And you always were one play away from Zach Wilson being the quarterback. And it turned out to be only being four plays away. So it's, I know that was like a long winded answer and it kind of went on a tangent, but I guess that everybody comes back, but like, do I have a lot of confidence in them? No, I don't. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping they have a good draft. I'm hoping they finish strong, but it's, it's a little scary because, you know, after next year, what is, we, we don't really know what they're going to be from a quarterback perspective. I mean, you would hope that they take a developmental guy in this 2024 class, but I'm not going to, I wouldn't be put it past them if they didn't like mm-hmm. they don't have a second round pick. You need offensive line help. They need more, you know, wide receivers. They could use a tight end because I think Uzama's going to be gone. It's, it's, it's a we it's a weird way to feel because ultimately, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, the only reason to justify bringing them back is if they win a Super Bowl because then, then what? Like, I'm not trusting them to rebuild it if they can't even get to the playoffs. Like, it, it's just, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's complicated. But let's just see how these next four games play out. I think that's really the uh, <laughs> short story here. <laughs> it is. It is. But you know what? It's fun to talk about that too. Like, and I, I just, um, you know, your point about Rodgers and, you know, you may clean house and if Rodgers – wants to go he can go like I, I that's one I I just disagree with because I just need to see this team with Rodgers and I think he's the biggest piece that this organization has had in who, however long right who knows how long and and I want to see what the Jets can actually do with Aaron Rodgers because he is I mean you're talking a top five quarterback in NFL history so to yeah. see what he can do for this team with this defense um that's something that I truly think that you need to preserve at all costs and the other thing is like you know, okay, we both started the, the Zach Wilson talk with, we think he's going to walk, right? We think that, that they're going to part ways. So, yeah. And I thought Connor Rogers brought up a very good point where this, this makes it a desirable location for a legitimate backup quarterback. Like a, you talk about a Gardner Minshew, you talk about a Jacoby Brissett, someone of that ilk where not only is it desirable because you get to be in a room with Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be a 41-year-old QB, who will probably be hurt for a game or two so you get a chance to play, but not only that, after that. And do you get a chance to kind of showcase what you can be, but then become the Jets starter for the year after when Rodgers decides to hang it up? And maybe there's a developmental guy behind that that you can kind of, you know, take along slowly. So I think that these things could um, very well answer themselves and be – good things for the jets uh next year and really provide like a, a foundation and i yeah you're you're right you can't fully trust this this regime to to do anything until we see it right now they're a losing regime um you know that's no question but let's see them with a competent quarterback and you can't discount that for all of robert sala's faults on the offensive side you can't discount what he's done with this defense he took literally the last place defense in 2021 and he has him as a top three unit in the nfl if not the top unit Maybe not ranked, but when you look at it, you know how good this this defense is. But that makes me think he's more of a good defensive coach, not a head coach. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's a different thing, and I, I think people lose sight of that sometimes. And it, I think he has done an outstanding job with the defense. He doesn't call the plays, though. It's Ulbricht. I mean, I'm sure he's a big part mm-hmm. of the game plan. He's a big part of player development and, and whatnot. But, again. But it, he's done just, it without the single most important piece on the field. And he had this team at 7-4 and four with – Subpar QB play and then legitimate QB play with Mike White until he got hurt. Yeah, but there's been plenty of head coaches. I mean, Mike Pettin started seven and four with the Browns in his first season, and then he was gone after his second season. So it's mm-hmm. like, I get what you're saying. 
but at the end of the day, you got to win and you got to win consistently. I, it's not, not like, wrong. you know, have an 11 game stretch of winning. You have to win over the course of 17 games. Agreed. Year after year. And he's not doing, he's not doing that. I'm, no, I'm, you're, you're, you're right. And I'm just, I'm looking at the, I just, all I'm saying is for all of his faults on the offensive side of the ball, don't discount or forget about the positives that he's done on the defensive side. That's it. Football is three facets. <laughs> you can't be well, good at special one, teams. One. Special teams is good too. So he's got two out of three. Okay. Offense <laughs> matters. <laughs> Probably the most important. You're right. Yeah. And so, and they're, they're not good at that. So that's a problem. <laughs> it goes back to the larger conversation about this team. But yes. anyway, how do they beat Miami on, on Sunday? What, what do you think they need to do to get to that? Biggest thing I think is we know that um, Miami's banged up, especially mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Uh, on the Slack conversation today, we were talking about our old friend, Jonathan Harrison, who looks like he's going to start at center. Didn't even know um, he was like around. <laughs> so, it, yeah, is Big Q going to eat? And I, I think, you know, that's how you beat the Dolphins. It comes down to the defensive line and if they can get after Tua. I think the Jets, honestly, have played Tua pretty well historically. They continue to force him into turnovers. Brandon Eccles clearly has his number. A big thing is going to be Tyreek and his health. You can just see how this offense looks absent of Tyreek. It's a completely different offense. I mean, Tyreek is all world. He's such a good offensive player. He's such a good weapon. And and no doubt he would change any offense. But to this level, it looks, it goes from being the best offense in the league to mediocre without one player on the field. And if he's banged up, if he's limited, if he maybe keep our fingers crossed, doesn't play. Um, this changes the outlook of the game. However, I will say that even, you know, with Tyreek and spots, uh, Tennessee kind of held them in check. I think Tennessee's defensive line was able to really dominate that game too. And, and that was without Jeffrey Simmons. And I think you've also seen um, other teams kind of keep them in check too. You saw Kansas city do it even with Tyreek. You saw uh, Las Vegas do it with Tyreek. So can the jets defense go down, be motivated because this game, you know, the, on black Friday that got out of hand. So are the jets a little extra motivated to prove, uh, you know, that that was a missed opportunity. You got, you know, the, the dolphins defensive line mocking Q with his dance and stuff like that. Like that to me, the, the defense has to come and play probably their, one of their best games of the season in order for this to uh, to work. And I'm not even talking about the Jets offense. Do I think Zach Wilson needs to be the guy he was on Sunday? No. But does he have to throw for 200 and a touchdown or two and play a pretty clean game? Yeah, I think so. But I think it comes down to the Jets D and if they can be uh, if they can be shut down enough to to hold the Dolphins to damn near nothing. Yeah. Use the same game plan from um, what's it called, 2022 at home when he won 40 to 19 or 40 to 17, whatever that game plan was. That's how he beat him. Yeah, it, just they, do that again. That worked. Just, just do that exactly. <laughs> Zach basically protected the ball. Brees did a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, yeah, that that that's how I would say to win. But again, getting after Tua, which I think with this banged up offensive line is a big thing. Like you said, I think they will be able to get pressure. They did the first time they played. They just couldn't do anything on offense, so it didn't matter. Um, but again, just stop the run. That's what they're going to try to do against the Jets because they know that their corners are good and they their corners can definitely make two prone to mistakes. So stopping the run, I think, is the key. Um, but yeah, just score. Just score some points. And I think it'll be close. I think the eight and a half is a lot. I, I think it's fair given where the Jets are record-wise with their quarterback. But I still think that the Jets are going to hang around. Do I think they're going to win? 
No, there's my prediction. But um, I do think that it's going to be a close game and it's going to be a lot more fun to watch than the game on Black Friday. So without further ado, you already heard that I think that they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose 21-17. So it's going to be a lot closer than the first matchup. What about you? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, man. I really don't know. It's like, do I go with my heart or my head? Um, it's, it's really tough. And I really, I, I, something about it, I just feel like the vibes are different, but I have to be smart because the, everything that they've done up until this point, like, you know, outside of this one last game has just been so, so (laughs) horrible. Um, yeah, I, I just, I have a tough time picking them to do it in Miami, which looks like another slot fest, which another, uh, you know, thing we can talk about. Can the Jets play in a game that's not just monsooning like for once? please but either way um i think it's gonna be tough and i think uh i think the Jets are gonna keep it close um but i don't see them pulling this off i think uh miami's just got too much juice on offense and i think the jets d as good as they are um it's just not gonna be enough to overcome it so i think the jets i'm gonna go similar to you but i think the jets lose like 20 to 16 something like that all right it's too bad because i would love to see i would love to see them beat miami i hate my i hate every afc's team but i hate miami and I would love to see them win so that we can get Rogers return on Christmas Eve. That would be the best Christmas present I think I ever gotten ever if, is if he nice. came back and, and just killed the commanders on Christmas Eve. How good would that be? Can you imagine being like seven and eight going into that Thursday game against Joe oh, Flacco? <laughs> I know that'd be with Rogers. Like that'd be unreal. And I, I don't know. I, I I pick like like my picks will actually have an impact on the game. And like, you know, I'm superstitious in that way. Like the things I wear for game days on Sundays will have an impact on the outcome and my pregame routine and all that stuff. But it's yeah. it's so funny because we everyone's superstitious, but it has no bearing on what's None. actually gonna happen on the field. None. None. And like we always say, like if there, there's a kicker lining up and the announcer's like, you know, he is hasn't missed a kick since X and yeah literally they're like oh yeah you jake some like it has no bearing the kicker i didn't even hear what you said i know but <laughs> it's just we funny. heard it yeah we heard it um any closing thoughts as we head into you know almost uh almost the holiday weekend we're about a week out from christmas yeah uh no man it was good getting back with you here i know we uh we took last week off after a demoralizing falcons loss but christmas season is busy it's crazy Expect the worst, hope for the best. Let's hope they can just keep it interesting, make us get out of our chair a few times and scream and yell and cheer. And, and who knows, despite our predictions, maybe they end up pulling one off and getting to six and eight and uh, having a chance down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can ask for at this point. Uh, I'm hopeful, but again, not not uh, expecting anything. Just want to watch a fun game. Just mm-hmm. entertain me for three hours, you know? That, that, Absolutely. It's not a lot. That's it. It's, not, it's a- not just let me get off the chair. Let me Let me – Cheer some offense. Cheer some good plays. Watch us cross midfield a couple of times. That's all. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy, though. I People forget this. Um, I don't think the the Texans crossed 50-yard line until late in the third quarter, which mm. felt like almost like the Jets. It's kind of yeah. crazy to think about. I know. Jets D played lights out. Like they, C.J. Stroud has been nothing short of incredible in his rookie season, and, and they made him look pedestrian, to say the least. They, he had his worst game of the season. And the Jets, they continue to do that to QBs. They really do. They do. So maybe I'll do it to Tua. Appreciate everybody who's tuned in. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, uh, Google. That's where you can find the show. Go on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Get this show. You get clips from Badlands, all the different shows on that feed, whether it's Buck the Trend, you know, War Room, uh, the other guys. 
Make sure also to subscribe to Badlands on Patreon if you want to get the best premium Jets content out there. And last but not least, make sure you subscribe to the Turn on the Jets feed. Not our feed, but Will's feed. He has a lot of good stuff cooking out all week. I know he had the punt god, Thomas Morstead. Thomas this week, Morstead awesome. on this week. I know who, it. Who might be team MVP. I think so. (laughs) So sad, but it's, it's, it's kind of true. Thanks everybody. We appreciate the patience. You know, we haven't been as consistent this year, but a lot going on, but we appreciate everyone who tunes in, who watches. It's, it's awesome. And you know, let's enjoy the game on Sunday.